you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here's a song I got for you. Levy and Bell, Sam Donald and Quinnin. Guess what, New York? It's time to start winning. <laughs> David, football, football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Can I tell you something? Beautiful. A beautiful singing voice. Dulcet tones. Thanks, you. Is that a tenor? I think that's probably a tenor. Is that an alto? I, 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 yeah, yeah, both. I'm going to say just above a All baritone, you know. All of them. Can you do a falsetto? I can do whatever the musical requirement is, Matt. Marks. I hear you have perfect pitch. Yeah, it was a, it was just a splendid, splendid time there in Nashville, Tennessee. There you just heard me singing songs to uh, to some of the first-round fancy pants Devin Bush, Devin White. He gets my grade, uh, my top grade for the most delightful of the first-rounders. Stiff competition, though, backstage there last Thursday night. Anywho, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. As you just heard there, seated to my immediate left is one mad money smith of course you listen to him on the petros and money show download that at iHeartRadio. he's doing fantasy football already it's uh, it's barely springtime and he's kibitzing with fabiano and the rest about uh, what the nfl draft means for your fantasy team draft people are going to start drafting sooner than you realize running mocks doing all that sort of stuff yeah and regular season will be here let's start uh, chopping up what uh, the NFL looks like post-2019 uh, draft, including Josh Rosen, and then also talk a little Game of Thrones, shall we? And uh, first, though, hit it, Spaghetti. It's uh, Matt Money Smith's theme uh, music. We don't have time for that. Yeah, you're right. Let's not even Can I start it. with something special? I'd like you to. <clears throat> it, was a, it, was a, it was an emotional roller coaster for some Let's get back to here. April 25th, shall we? Huh? Let's get oh, back no. to that's, April 25th. Let's go. Here we go. All caps. All caps, right? This is before the moment of truth. All caps. Take Josh Allen and be done with it, Giants. <laughs> Trying to, se- to take could a have. It set up right? perfectly. It he set was sitting up perfectly. there for him at six. We know Gettleman loves pass rushers. You got to be able to you get a passer and you got to get to the passer. That's well, also, how you win a Super Bowl. And Gettleman told the world the day before the draft, he said, you know, listen, we won two starters. You know, what we're looking for. Week one starters <clears throat> here. So, of course, yeah, the build around Eli and Saquon. Yeah, but uh, about a minute later, <clears throat> no longer all caps, mm-hmm. by the way. So this is the guy. We're giving the keys to the kingdom to. Not an elite pass rusher. A guy who is probably worse than every QB taken in last year's first round. <laughs> the answer is yes. That's, that's the guy. The and- inexplicable part. Uh, above all else to me is 
And I don't know if it's Steve Kime down there in Arizona. I don't know if it's Gettleman. But what gives with Josh Rosen if the if the notion was as NFL media's Pete Schrager, swell fella, caught up with him and he said, you know, he's not one to pat himself on the back. But I said, you were the first guy really to say Kingsbury took that gig because of Kyler Murray. He wasn't going to leave USC. He had just taken the USC gig to be their OC. And then when Arizona came calling, he said, first overall, if we can have Kyler Murray, I'm taking that gig. And uh, and so you knew that you were going to try to move Josh Rosen, didn't you? Why did you wait till the day of the draft? That it was is weird. odd, yeah. I would and say. why didn't the Giants call the Cardinals and say, we they, want Josh Rosen? They you said they did. The, yeah, you the know new SI article mentions it, and Steve Kime just like didn't want to trade. He kept waiting and waiting and waiting, and then quarterbacks oh, okay. went, quarterbacks went, and then the teams like, well, we don't need him now, and then they got screwed with the late, the later second round pick. The thing is, though, like there's something there. There's just gotta be. There has to be. There's no way a guy with that type of talent, that arm talent, that ability to diagnose and, and work his way through progressions, who's going to make $6 million over the next three years, and you get to, to pay him nothing, less than you would pay your backup. There's, there's something. I, I just I refuse to believe that there's not an issue. And I'm, I'm not saying I, I know there is, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to eventually come out. And, and I hear I've your gotta noise. I hear your noise. And it's not vapid cynicism. This is legitimate, obviously, if they're looking to move the guy. And you always hear from Jim Moore coming out uh, before he was even out of uh, UCLA and kind of despair. You were hearing those whispers and everything. I hear all that, but don't – I mean, isn't that also what describes so many of not capable QBs, I mean the high-end QBs, is that they're – you know, that their greatest weapon is their brain, and therefore isn't Peyton Manning – didn't he dictate the offensive coordinators and not the other way around what the score was? And, and, and look, that's what Josh – the knock right. on Josh Rosen is. Well, He yeah. thinks he's too smart. He thinks he doesn't need any help. And, and I think if you were to magnify that, it's that he's too tough to coach that he is so convinced that he's smarter than anybody else that's trying to help him and make him better and get him to run an offense that they want him to run, that he just won't listen to him. That, that he believes he knows more than they do, so beat it. I don't want to hear – you know. and then you wonder, okay, is he putting in work? Is, is he willing to put in the work, or does that then belief that he is smarter than everybody in the room also preclude him from actually spending time working out, spending time watching film? Try, you know, Because that's also what you can fall victim to if you do have this yes, false Peyton, sense Yes, Peyton, no matter what, was always, always burning the midnight butt. oil. Yes, right. yes, no question. He so, earned the, the, the right to say, I know better than you because I've watched more film than anybody else. But anyway, so... Right, Josh, wouldn't you agree? It's got to be something. Like, how do the Bengals take... Ryan Finley in the third, and they're not willing to give up a second for Josh Rosen for $6 million. Like, that to me, that just doesn't line up when you see that. Um, so You're more plugged in than I am, certainly, but I, you know, I hear all the little scuttlebutt. I hear most of the scuttlebutt, I guess, and I, you know, that the recurring thing is, well, he just thinks he's, he thinks that uh, he already knows it all, so there's no reason to try and help him. That seems like right. a, a recurring evaluation. I will say, I guess I, I talk about uh, being cynical. Um, the artifice of PR certainly has helped him in the last few days. He's I, I, oh, he's he's been great. Somebody's in his ear, or maybe it's all him. But well, either way, it, it does seem like he, he's, he's no dummy. He knows he can't be petulant on the way out because that's his reputation, right, is that he's petulant and that he's a know-it-all. So on the way out, you got to be great, nice. Here it is. I'm kind of funny. See, guys, I can can fit into the locker room. Bing, bang, boom. I got a two-bedroom apartment, Kyler. See, I got a zinger, too. On the way out, it it was also kind of weird the way the Dolphins, that press conference went, right, where they're like, you know, Greer's like, well, yeah, maybe it's it's not precluding us from taking somebody in 2020. He's going to have to fight for the job, you know. We're not just going to hang it there. It's like, wait a minute. Really? This is this is how I'm starting my career in Miami where I, I'm not the guy. You could still draft a quarterback in a year. Like, boy, this is – way to bring out the welcome wagon for me. He's I, – I do think, though, in the last week, he now – it's completely reversed, and now everybody's rooting for him. I think you're absolutely Outside right. Outside of kind. Absolutely right. You know, I mean, you know, and Kyler Murray probably doesn't want to see him go on and flourish in Miami, but uh, otherwise it seems like most of football America is going to be rooting to see the Dolphins do well this bet year. Bet on him or bet against him? Um, I, I loved him coming out of school, but you said something to me about a year ago that now I can't get rid of. 
which is that when you see I cuz I you know I always as I always say I don't need all the the copious I don't need the the combine results or anything else. I just watch them play in big time games and see what they look like and see what kind of figure they physically cut out there and you said he's a little smallish in uh, on a pro football gridiron and as soon as I saw him out there in uh, in 2018 uh autumn it I, I couldn't get that on my yeah. head. He he seems slight, and, and he was a little stiff too. Yeah, like the way he was moving. I was like, man, I remember this guy running all over the yeah, place. Yeah, I could see A&M. him running. Like what what happened there? Right. And like he just couldn't get away from anyone. And I was like, ooh, I don't know. maybe yeah. something, maybe something wrong here. Spaghetti. I think it was Doug Farrar that went through every one of his snaps and basically said that the risk of trading for him is very small, but the ceiling is extremely high because he did so many things right last year with an awful team. Uh, to go back with money, saying with, with the red flag, some local, I think it was an ESPN guy, said that he was too focused on like environmental issues, and that also came up in the SI article. Like He was trying to create these cleats out of like recycled plastic, and they were like, is his heart really in football or is it beyond football? That was like the one thing that did pop up, if that's the main issue. I mean, if he's not willing to put in work, that's fine. If you want to do that, great. You know, I think you applaud that. But if it's at the expense of playing football, then that's where you get yeah. concerned. Well, last thing on Rosen, and we have many other uh, subjects, many guys to cover, many teams to cover. But Rosen, to me, it feels like if we're right that he thinks he's smarter than the than the coaches, well, Arizona wasn't a great spot for him with Mike McCoy and everybody else. I do think the passive QB whisper that is Jim Caldwell on a – Obviously, defense first, head coach Brian Flores. That's kind of a nice fit for him, right? I just don't know if there's enough talent. You know, I who's think catching the passes? That's a, who, the who's protecting him? Who's catching the passes? Is Kenyon Drake really a number one back, or is he better served as a spell back uh, or in a rotation? Do they have another back? They, you know, it just seems like it's very similar to the situation in in Arizona, where there just wasn't a lot of talent in front of them. Um, you know, the the thing about Miami is it's hard to kind of figure out. You look at certain parts where you're like, okay, I can I can see how this might work, but then you just kind of look at the division, and you're like, man, I, I feel like, obviously, you have the Pats. Uh, seems like the Jets got a heck of a lot better. I think the Jets, I just was talking to Spaghetti before we began the spin here. I think the Jets are going to be good. They got to play the AFC West this year, the Dolphins do, so it's like, or, or I think they do. Right? AFC. Oh, no, they don't. I'm sorry. They only play the Chargers because they, it's the second place schedule and they were second place in the AFC. So I'm not sure who they're playing, but I, don't, I can't figure it out. And I think if it's a team and that seemed to be all the, again, what the heck do I know? A lot of the people around here that are reporters that cover this sort of thing have said, you know, you look at the departures and the signings and the way they're drafting and uh, looks like they're thinking about Tua or Justin Herbert or something. If that's the case, then it's going to be very similar to what he had in Arizona. I guess. And, and how, I do guess. You, how do you climb out of that hole? Two teams that have had a top five pick, you know, after you've been a quarterback for a season. Well, if nothing else, they do. I, I don't care what jive they want to spin here in spring. They have to roll with the kid and see what he can oh, do one way or the other. They're not gonna I mean, it's a second-round pick. It's not like they traded a sixth for him. I You're mean, that's still go pretty good draft Patrick over him, right? Unless you are, in fact, trying to do the NFL's version of the Major League movie and intentionally – uh, put the worst possible team you possibly can. But we remember with Tom Berenger, Wesley Snipes, and uh, Corbin Burnson put together. Ooh. Chad Sheen coming out of the pen. So they that's what the, Josh Rosen is going to do. Sorry, they play the AFC North and the NFC East. Hmm. So that is not easy. Having well, to deal with the Ravens, the Browns, the Steelers, and then you got to deal with the Eagles, the Cowboys. I mean, those are all good teams. So that's I agree, but also my pushback on that is, as we sit here now, this is a phenomenon that happens every year, especially in the NFL, more so than NBA, NHL, or MLB. This is the time where you feel your very best as a fan, even Spaghetti the Giants fan. Everybody has some cause for optimism right now. I defy you to name for me a team you don't feel good about right now outside of the Dolphins and like one or two other. I, I perennially do it. I announce the six teams that are definitely not going to the playoffs, and, and you I can't get, get them to wrong. six. It's really hard yeah, to make a case that that team's going to be garbage. Especially, you know, I met Devin White's delight as a delightful kid. That matters less than uh, than the other stuff. Of, but the Bucks, you can kind of 
cobble together a case that they're not bad, that Bruce Arians turns Jameis around and everything falls into place after that one. But let's go to the Arizona Cardinals. They deal away Josh Rosen. Kyler Murray now suddenly uh, surrounded by a gaggle of pass catchers, plus David Johnson back there, plus some interesting defensive pieces left over from the Bruce Arians uh, era. How say you? Do they have a playoff push in them with, no. uh, with the kid? They do not. Not with that O-line. I mean, that, that O-line was was down to start, and then injuries destroyed it. Um, the, the one issue is, right, we mentioned that Josh Rosen a little stiff trying to get to move around when pressure came. Kyler Murray could run. I mean, he can flat out run. Mm-hmm. So that helps things a little bit. Playoffs, I'm going to say no. Fun, yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, it is going to be – they're going to be rolling five wide. You're going to see that 4-3 Andy Isabella on jet sweeps. I'm anxious to see how Kingsbury wants to use David Johnson. Um, and and by all accounts, anyone you talk to that's ever been around Kyler Murray says how special a talent he is and just accuracy, beautiful deep ball. When he starts moving those legs, he is gone. I mean, he is a blur. So – It'll be fun. I just think that O-line, oof, uh, that that's makes it awful know. tough. Let's see about Nick Bosa, but I stand by after the draft. My pre-draft prediction, the Niners will be your champions from the NFC West, although I did like what the Rams did and their little bounce back there. And I kept telling our pal Maurice Jones-Drew, you know it as well as I do, relatively early on in that draft, they're going to definitely go running back, and that will prove what I already know and what Maurice already knows, which is that Todd Gurley is not Todd Gurley, or at least you cannot expect that if you're Sean McVay. You have to replace him. And so they found what looks like a capable. Yeah, they're selling Henderson as a, you know, coming out of that. And obviously you have to think about your $60 million investment uh, to your owner. Like, hey, you know, we just wrote this check and now we're already drafting another guy and you have to sell it to the fans because there's more Todd Gurley jerseys in the stands than anyone, maybe save Aaron Donald. Uh, But they're selling Henderson as uh, a third down back as someone who can line up in the slot, who can even line up out wide, can catch a lot of passes, a perfect pass, uh, a perfect fit at that position for a Sean McVay offense. So they're not saying that he's here to spell or ease the load on Gurley. They're saying he's, you know, Les Snead is selling him as a compliment and just a piece. Don't even think of him as a running back. Think of him as a valuable piece for Sean McVay. But I'm with you. I think Todd Gurley's a sweetheart. If you've ever, ba- he's yeah. a funny guy and everything else. But if, but you know, and he, and he's loaded, so I'm not going to pity him too much, but uh, it does. The signs do seem to point to that. And that's another division that now is wide open. And again, I defy you to the larger point money and spaghetti and anyone within the sound of my voice. What division does not look tough right now? When you do that, oh, they got to play that division. There's no division. Oh, be like, oh that's, that's pretty nice. Rams. That's nice. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I like that one. Yeah, Chiefs, Chargers. You want the NFC North? You want the you no want... Vikings, Packers, Bears, AFC North, Steelers, Browns, Ravens, AFC East. Well, no. I mean, listen, I really do. What's the? By the way, what? Like, who are you picking in the NFC East? Like that to me. That's the that big division's one. crazy, right? And, that's and the you big can't... one. Listen, it was Alex Smith, and and so it's a it was a different team. But when he goes down, they were in first place. That's what I mean. And that defense is good. Look at the sneaky nice picks that they Montez made along Sweat. The way. They get yeah. they you know he slides down and they trade up to get him to pair with Ryan Kerrigan. They've always been good on all three levels. They still have you know Josh Norman there, who's plenty capable. And you add someone. And look, the thing about Sweat and and being around these draft guys, you know, through the combine and this process, you know. Yeah, he's an athlete, and and clearly, guy runs four four one at that size. But they, the, one of the things they always say that I like to hear is they talk about his hands and heavy hands and shock hands that shock, you know. And and so he's not only fast, but he can toss you, he can ragdoll you. So uh, and you saw him do that against what SEC offensive lines. Um, so that's that makes the Redskins interesting, right? The the Eagles won a Super Bowl two years ago. You think about that defensive do you, by line. The way, do you think do you, do you buy? I mean, how will we ever know? It's all speculation. But do you buy Gettleman's claim that he, that they, that the Skins would have taken no. Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins I in don't. that spot? I don't buy it. I just don't. Um, you'll never you'll never find you'll out. You'll never know. The, the Skins would never concede. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wanted the other guy more. Right, or the Dolphins were going to take him, and the Dolphins, who now have Josh Rosen, would never say, well, yeah, you know, unfortunately he was gone. Uh, we got to settle for Christian Wilkins, but, you know, whatever. So, yeah, you're right. We'll never know. I just don't think so. I, I did not feel that. I really didn't. It seemed like more people the, – the people that I was fortunate enough to talk to and ask about these sort of things, because, again, I don't know. I have no opinion on it. 
were people I talked to, they don't see it. They see him as maybe a backup. They see him as a long-term project. You know, what their board goes, Haskins, Murray, Locke. You know, some of them had Finley above him. Uh, it was it was really weird. I, did, I never felt – I think I heard there was – I heard there were teams that liked him, that, that did believe he had some really I good qualities. I can't believe they did it. I can't believe they did it. It's six. Look, the guys, as, as Gettleman has said, he's drafted great quarterbacks before. He's gone to Super Bowls. He's been around. You know, maybe there is something that he sees that we don't. Unless, I, I, I don't know. I can't evaluate I'm going to say position. it one more time. I've said it for three months. I said it to Charles Davis when we did the mock draft, you, me, and uh, the rest of the gang money uh, before the draft on, uh, on NFL Network. And I said it, to, you know, listen, if you're going to take – if you've decided that Eli Manning, you're going to retain him and continue to pay him – and you used the second overall on Saquon a year ago, and you have made these other moves in dealing away Odell Beckham, you are now pot committed, at least for 2019, to Eli Manning. Ergo, why would you take his successor? Especially, look at the QBs in the pipeline. Look at the three guys. There are at least three guys who will surely, uh, 11 months from now, be more highly considered than Daniel Jones was coming out of college. To right? Herbert from. Right. So... Right? I mean, it, it just makes no sense. And as I keep saying, too, and they, they get to some defensive pieces, and it looks kind of interesting. You just wonder, what if at six they had mixed in either Josh Allen or Montez Sweat? If they mix that in, and then the rest of their draft goes the, the way is, it goes. Like, here's Yikes. the thing. Is it doesn't matter. Like, that, he's, he's the guy. You know, like, Gettleman believes. It doesn't matter what we say. Or, like, there was none of this conversation because Gettleman believes he is going to be a Super Bowl-level quarterback, that he's got a Hall of Fame caliber starting quarterback. And that's all that mattered to him. I mean, like, that. do we get it? No. I mean, but I'm not going to say I can evaluate quarterbacks better than Gettleman can. I, that's that's why he was selected there because that's what that – That's fine. Uh, that, but, but my point still stands. I know what you mean, that, but I'm that, saying that that's why he did it. This year with Eli, if you protect him and everything, and Daniel Jones. But as far as that goes, money, you're back in Culver City, California. Eddie Spaghetti is watching it, and the voice you heard in Nashville. At the very top of the show, his brother was, in fact, the guitar player pretending to be our uh, nice. country uh, country music singer. We thank him for his uh, splendid efforts. I hope he had a good time, Spaghetti. Did he have a good time? He had an absolute blast. Did he? Loved, loved the city, loved doing that. He said, like, I would have been sitting by myself watching the draft instead he was next to these players. Like, he's actually a big Jets fan, so to meet Quinn and Williams, who he's loved because he loves college. How's that happen? Too. Oh, he was great. The story Quinn is that Williams we, was another great guy. I, I was lucky. My dad, years and years and years ago, had Jets and Giants season tickets, got rid of the Giants because you just can't move up in the seats. This is, like, in the 80s. So we kept the Jets ones forever, so we would go to Jets games all the time. Um, So I root for the Jets as well, but I've always – my dad's a Giants fan. My dad's an LT fan, so I was always Giants. My brother, for some reason – fell in love with Nick Mangold because he played center for Marist hmm. and uh, he always loved Nick Mangold so he was just, he Makes was a sense. Jets, he's a Jets guy um, and like Quinton Williams is like he loved him so seeing all those guys up close it Good was stuff. awesome for him, yeah. um, who would have well, thought, yeah. thought the what's your brother's name James who would have thought James ahead of the uh, ahead of the old Eddie here in terms of what team you should be rooting they're for in be, New York they're gonna be better <laughs> yeah I'm not, I'm that not. was a good song that we cooked up for Quinn and Williams all off the cuff you know I'm like a rapper kind of in a little a bit. Way. In a, a freestyle in action, huh? In a, a way. By the way, him with Leonard Williams, again, the jo- see, I do not think – all right, listen, let's cut to the chase. The cut Patriots the chase. obviously win the Super Bowl once again, especially now the rumors are out there. Josh Gordon's on his way back. Mm. Love their draft. Chase Love Winovich. Juwan Williams. Do you know I'm related uh, to him, Chase Winovich? Are you really? On uh, Mo Damashek's side of the family, yeah. Perfect I, fit. I know. Guy He's, is a perfect. Love uh, Damian a lot Harris. Of, is a thumper. Uh, man, do I like that draft. I really do. A lot of people thought that um, a lot of people in Pittsburgh were rooting hard to see Winovich get there. They would they would have loved to see him on the see, other I'd, side from T.J. Watt. To me, and, and yeah, I, I, the, the idea that you got Devin Bush is so, you know, I, we, we talked about this when I came back from that Sunday night or when the Chargers made history, knocking off the Steelers for the first time when they had a 16-point or, or more advantage in the second half, not at Heinz Field in the city of Pittsburgh. 
So coming off of that victory. Congratulations. Yeah, you're welcome. On that. Uh, yeah, I did a lot. <laughs> yeah, although I did get to walk through we'll the see lobby you. We'll where see all you. the legends were congregated in my Charger gear after that remarkable come run. And I see Franco Harris and I'm, and, and Kiesel and all these guys just looking at me and, and, and Shannon, our, our girl on the sidelines there, and they're just shaking their head. And I'm like, sorry, I got to get to the bus. I mean, I didn't mean to wear this polo in the middle of your party here they've invited you back for. We've moved on uh, on the banks but of the no, this three is what I'm saying. from that wreck. This this is what money? I'm getting to and why I acknowledge it. Um, because when you look at, at that defense, specifically up front, um, with Hayward and Hargrave and Tuit and, and Dupree and Watt to, to just bloop, drop Bush right in the middle there, to have that speed and, and to try, you know, obviously horrible what happened to, to Ryan Shazier. And we'd love that comeback. And hopefully he comes all the way back. But to be able to put him in there, Man, that is just the piece that you talk about the Jenga piece, right? That's what they needed. That's what that defense they, needed. They, they're going to have to catch some breaks from the football gods, Pittsburgh, this year because they do not have depth. They have a Lou to back up that top three, like you say, which each of those three individual pieces dominant in the second oh, half so of good. last season. And it, with a Lou they have enough of a rotation there. Would have loved to see a little more depth. You can't uh, fill every need when you're not as uh, when you're not uh, going into the season one of the or going into the draft super deep as Pittsburgh is it a couple things have to you know there were some corners out there that were interesting just think about what what, once they moved up to get Bush as you're watching the second round remember what happened in that game in that second half they kept having to put a linebacker on Keenan and they had no one with speed and it was just bonk bonk bonk, all the way down the field on LJ Ford nothing they could do about it and to be able to put someone there with speed to help figure out the middle of that field I think is exactly what they need. I did not see a ton of Big 12 action this past season so I'll own it I'll wear it and uh, that said I did see enough of Justice Hill that I was drooling I thought oh if they if the Steelers could land that guy they do still wind up with uh, with Snell which is good because he's going to wear 26. At least he's in the division. And get to see him in I the know. division. And tw- but, but he also gets to, as I kept calling for, Marquise Brown to take over 84. Instead, Snell, instead of Bell, both 26. A lot of people can modify their Steelers jerseys uh, Big win doing there. that. I do. So you like Devin Bush. I, I do. Yeah. He, he um, what, uh, to your point about Shazier, there is, as I said to him the night of the draft, there is something poignant about Michigan, o- Ohio State, basically going to be coaching up the Michigan kid to fill his spot. Right. You know, yep. but uh, Shazier just named, uh, but the just won the uh, Rooney Award for the guy who seems to fit into. I forget the 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 uh, description of what goes into it, but basically the man who personifies Pittsburgh best. Shazier got that, so everybody still rooting for him, and I do think he'll have an impact. If nothing else, then with Devin Bush, another bright guy running that defense as soon as uh, this season kicks off. Um, the Ravens, as far as they go. They're kind of interesting now. I was done with them. I said it's a it's a it's a Browns v Steelers 2019, and now the Ravens feel kind of back in it a little. I mean, adding Mark Ingram, you know, as opposed to if you're going to run the heck out of the ball, okay, Gus Edwards is he's a load, and you know, and then okay, well here comes Kenneth Dixon now he's a load, and you know, to be able to put Ingram in there, who's a legitimate three down back. Uh, I mean, the only reason why he wasn't as much of a three down back is because Alvin Kamara's there in New Orleans, so of course he's better pass catcher, has more speed, but. Ingram's plenty good enough to stay on the field. And then uh, you mentioned Justice Hill. I mean, here's a game-breaker uh, that can come in and do some things. Uh, they keep Edwards, so you still get that heavy uh, that heavy hitter between the tackles. They needed a pass catcher. And, I mean, just do yourselves a favor. If I just not- think, nothing, if nothing else, how much can you focus on anybody and a guy who can run past you like that? He is going – It's cartoon speed. Just right. go back and watch Marquise Brown highlights from Oklahoma, and it is cartoon level. It's what – it. The way he pulls away from dudes on these quick slants and he's just gone. It's like, how how is someone that much faster on a field than everybody else when you see the distance he'll create between those quick hitters and the end zone? Um, with, with Yeah, right. And basically, defensively, you're going to have to pack it in to bang Lamar and all those running backs. So Marquise Brown should be running free quite a bit in 2019. Yeah, the they- Browns, I'll say you about that team. I have Maria. That's all right. Maurice, money. I spent some time with Maurice over the weekend covering you guys the draft. Are basically the same human. Being. We are very much so. Same accomplishments, especially on the football field. Uh, it's hard not to like him, right? I mean, just even even without the draft. You know, the draft was interesting. 
Um, obviously with Greedy and Mac Wilson, two guys that, you know, at one point were projected to not only go in the first round, but were projected at the top of their grouping, their position groupings. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, Mac Wilson slipped. I don't know if it was the, the Clemson tape or if just his, his production peeled off a little bit toward the end of the year. Um, and I also think there might be a little bit of, of concern about Alabama players when they start getting dinged up, that they really work them. I mean, Nick said, look, there's a reason why they're so dominant. I think they get practiced and pushed harder than any other team, any other school in college football. Um, and I think that wears on them. And that's why a lot of these guys end up getting hurt early in their careers and often in their careers. So, oh, that's an interesting thought. So I think that's part of it too. Um, I did talk with, we had a, like I say, a splendid time in Nashville and we spent some time at uh, Zaxby's working the drive through with Rashawn Evans. Spaghetti. I mean, backer. what a, what a delight he was, right? I mean, a rare level of, uh, of humor and, uh, uh, just easygoing fella, and we were talking about Quinnen and everybody else. He was pining yeah, he, for him to fall, which we knew he wouldn't. But he, he was an all all time DDF since I've been here DDFP guest. I mean, he was super great. And 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 then a couple of days later, having uh, Devin White as well, we got lucky too. Like all time, Devin A-plus White was guys. your favorite guy at the draft. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anything was close. He was super funny. He like he took Christian over the Wilkins show. was pretty good. Christian Wilkins really good. Yeah, moments after he almost killed the commissioner of the NFL. Almost tried killed to. him. Yeah, he tried to. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was a good dodge. It was a then, good dodge. But just back to it quickly Spaghetti, you, I mean, money, you should have seen this scene. So as I, we, I started to cover this earlier. Spaghetti's brother, James, is standing there with a the guitar dressed up like he's a country singer off in the corner. Spaghetti is producing the DDFP. We're in the moment. These, these fancy pants are rolling through fast and furious. Spaghetti consumed. Who are the Giants going to get? Who are the Giants going to get? He's distracted the whole time, isn't he? They, he was just watching the cell phone. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Now, do you guys have a live feed of it where you're at? We had we a had live a feed. Weird, yeah, it was, we, it was direct TV we had, so it was a bit delayed. Obviously, we're there, but we could hear Roger Goodell say the name. So I'm checking Twitter, and usually like beat writers will break it ahead of time. I couldn't find it. No one knew. And I'm like, well, Josh Allen's there. they got to take Josh Allen. It's, it should be so simple. Like, take Josh Allen. And, and then you and hear, And then you hear Spaghetti say, I just heard quarterback. I just heard him say quarterback. I, I think it's going to be Daniel Jones. No, no, it can't be Daniel Jones. I, yeah. I, he did. James, he just said quarterback. And then finally the feed catches up with us and he says Daniel Jones. Despondent doesn't do it justice. I mean, the, the, it was it was something to see. And then 20 minutes later, in walks Daniel Jones. To do his interview with the DDFP. To, yeah. to, walks into the room and I insisted that Spaghetti greet him. You know, man's as man. you should have. Yeah, they had the they had the glad hand, right? I met him actually at the combine too, and he was super nice there. But and, he was and, delightful. And I saw him again. I was like, you know, you know, congratulations, like big Giants fan, like good luck this year. And he was could not be nicer. And I said, I feel bad for him because he's getting slammed by everyone, destroyed. So, so it's like I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well. But I have made the pick. No, I think I, if you have a guy who <laughs> he's self interviewing, no. When he's self-interviewing, right. you know there's I, trouble. I mean, I believe I believe in like the BPA mentality, and you have Josh Allen, who pe- he could have went as high as maybe two in this draft. He, he's fallen there. He's there at six. You know, they get a steal at seven. The Jaguars t- by taking him, it's like you, you take him there. Like Money said, he probably could have been there at seventeen. Just imagine if you had just- taken Darnold with number two. And there's Josh Jacobs waiting for you at 17. Josh Allen at seven. Boy, does it all lay out perfectly, Eddie. I don't know. Perfectly. I still, I still, I still think Saquon's still better than everyone. So, so what? Saquon plus Daniel Jones. But let's it's not. It's not Saquon's better than everyone. It's you now have Saquon and Daniel. Jones. I need Jones. to see Darnold have a really good season for me to feel bad about that because he still throws a lot of picks and the Jets don't have Again, a ton of weapons yet. In the, your the cynicism, I think some of your cynicism comes from the uh, aforementioned Maurice. Maurice Jones-Drew points out, hey, guy who throws picks in high school and in college doesn't break that habit once he gets to the pros. Perhaps he's got the gunslinger to him, but is everybody wrong? Is the consensus scouting community that the best QB available in 2018 was Sam Darnold? Are they wrong? Maybe people slept on Baker for some cockiness issues or whatever. They were worried about what kind of attitude he was going to have. But the consensus in terms of talent was that Sam Darnold was the guy sure. in a talented group of uh, of QBs last year. If he merely rises with Adam Gase, which he should. He should be better with Adam Gase. And I keep saying I like Jameson Crowder. Now he's got 26 six back there behind him. I think at least you got to like 
Leonard Williams lining up to Quinn and Williams. Quinn and Williams declared by everybody this year as the, the safest the pick. He is he he has the highest floor. He right? and Devin White were the two you heard. Like, like you can't miss. Quinn guys. and Williams can't can only be so bad. Mm-hmm. So I I think they're an interesting team. And here's another one. I don't know if Josh Allen is good, the QB Josh Allen, but if he is good, the Bills should be kind of good too. Love their draft. Absolutely loved it. I mean, it's it, it, the interesting thing about Josh Allen last year was just I don't think people realize how big that dude is, how big and strong. I was like, oh, yeah, the guy's just running around out there. Yeah, do you have any idea what it's like when that dude is running at you and you're a defensive back or you're a smaller linebacker and he's six foot six and 245 pounds and he can move and has a little wiggle to him? A lot, lot, lot of Cam Newton to that. Right. That's what people like, don't realize. That is a man's legitimate dual threat. That's and, right. For- and he can just huck the ball down the field if you can get a receiver, like you said, that can just crawl under it. You know, good luck. Hey, just run that way as fast as you can. Don't worry about it. You're not going to outrun the pass. Just try to catch up and get underneath the thing. I mean, that is, you know, it, it's raw. It's going to take a minute, but I'm with you. I, I am anxious to see how that division plays out now with Darnold and all those weapons and Josh Allen in his second year. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But the Patriots are, I think we can agree, even without Gronk, are going to be scary once again. Right? Or, we, or, or do you feel like – Oh, yeah. No question. I thought they They're had the best pick. draft. I thought they had the best draft of any team. Uh, just the way Nikhil Harry, I already mentioned Jawan Williams, Chase Winovich, Damian Harris. I mean, there's their first four picks. Um, and it's interesting that they took Jared Stidham, uh, which was just kind of the, the scuttlebutt at the combine, right? It's like, uh, this is this is your New England quarterback. This guy, Jared Stidham, you know, transfers into a system that doesn't fit him with Gus Malzahn. A little bit of inconsistency there, but... When you get him out of all that, and you know, football is very much as it is as as much about circumstance as anything in the world. Forget sports. Who's your coach? Do you have a coordinator that knows how to call plays? Who's around you? Do you have an offensive line? What division do you play? In? You get all that going in the right direction. And and Stidham, uh, I heard DJ say it, who did a bang up job covering the draft. He said when these guys were all standing around before we knew who was who and what was what. Stidham threw the best ball. You walked out of those guys throwing it around in shorts, and you're like, that's your guy right there. Look at that. Look at that motion. Look at how compact. Look at the way the ball comes out. Look at how he throws it. And I think there's something to that. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on New England. I think they are a cut above in, in that division yet again. Yeah, I guess so. I do think the Jets, though, loom as an interesting – like I say, the Bills, too. Um, the most interesting QB battle is not in South Beach this year. It would be crazy if they don't go, as far as I'm concerned, with uh, Josh Rosen. And, all, I mean, this nonsense that Gettleman is floating. Maybe we'll follow the Packers' Favre-Rogers model. It's 2019, bub. You're not the Packers either. You're rel- you're, if things break just right with Eli, you could have won the division this year. Now I, I, it feels like a longer shot. The most interesting QB battle is a mile high this year, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, go Flacco. What's the point of going Flacco? Sorry about that. Um, I think Flacco is the guy um, because I do think Drew Locke would benefit. From, from sitting a year, even though he had all those starts, most starts of, of any quarterback that was drafted, definitely had the experience, but I do think there is pressure on John Elway to re- to win immediately, and I think that's going to be really hard to do in that division with a rookie um, who's just trying to figure it out. Uh, when you have to go up against that front in, in Kansas City with Chris Long and Frank Clark, and now you got Teron Matthew back there, when you have to go against the Chargers and, and Bosa and Ingram and Derwin James, and now you got Adderley back there ball hawking as, as a rookie – I think that's tough. Um, I, I think that's because you can't. I, I don't think Elway can afford to to have Drew Locke be viewed as anything but a savior. Um, and to me, that means you got to start out with Flacco and hope that that works out. You know, and, and I bet you by midseason at the. Least, I, I think that that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. that would be the case. Is that Flacco would have he's gonna Flacco's gonna start. I mean, it's not gonna be Locke. He's definitely gonna start and. You know, Elway will hope that that he can put some stuff together and maybe get a little fire. I mean, that's kind of what you heard in Baltimore, right, is that, you know, maybe Flacco just he got the big contract and he just took the foot off the gas a little bit. Are you worried? And then we're going to move on, I think, as, unless there are other teams that you guys want to jump in on here. I want to round it out with your Chargers, Matt Money Smith, mm-hmm. because once again, we talked about it going into last year's draft and we talked about going into the season. We talked about going into the playoffs. The most talented team 
is the Chargers, it seems. And it seems like that they remain that post-draft, the most talented team. The saddest irony would be is if Phil Rivers is the weak link. Any indication that there's there's any concern as far as that goes? Because now – Derwin James, you said, if they could fix that safety spot, and then Derwin James is everything that you anticipated. Now you have uh, have speed, which should liberate Derwin James even a little bit more, right? I mean, there's there's no – To have Adderley fall to them uh, at number 60 was – that's because he had a first-round grade on a lot of scouts' boards. We were told at the Combine, and that's kind of what I was thinking. All right, well, if they let a die go, they're not going to sign any of these safeties. There's so many of them out there in free agency – that's probably what they're looking at is there's a lot of guys, Taylor Rabb, uh, Nasir Adderley, all these guys that they just figure this is who we're going to get. And because we have that pass rush, we got Derwin, we've got Casey Hayward on one side, they're going to be able to, to manage uh, back there, especially considering they had a – I mean, a die – He's, you know, he's a great story, undrafted free agent, busted his butt, never complained once about playing out of position. He's a strong. He's got no business playing free. He got burned at least once, most times, four or five times a game. I mean, the Chiefs just destroyed him the last two years um, with those just kind of inside crosser routes that he's got to pick up, and he's three, four steps behind. That's not going to happen with Adderley. Um, so that that really helps that defense out and fixes a huge uh, issue that they had all season. Um, the one, I, to the Rivers point, to me, he covered up so much. If, if it weren't for Phillip Rivers last year, that team might have been you did, four wins. You did sing that song. That, yeah, that O-line, season, yeah. the interior of the O-line was not good. It was it was leaky um, with Feeney and, and Schofield at the guards. Forrest Lamp will be back this year. I'm anxious to see what the post, I don't know what the compensation date is. I think it's May 9th maybe is the free agency date to kind of keep an eye on um, when the compensation picks come into play. I wouldn't be surprised if you see them add another guard um, or maybe even a right tackle to help Sam Tevy out a little bit as well. But that's that's the one thing I would circle. Like, hey, if they're going to do it, they're going to have to to fix a little bit of that front five uh, ahead of uh, Rivers. But with Hunter Henry back now in, in full health, uh, with Mike Williams, you know, one year, uh, another year removed take from off the neck. Now? I think Isn't so. Mike Williams like, going to be yeah. a star by the end of the Especially when you have Hunter Henry there as right. a threat. You know, you were getting a lot of doubles. You know, nobody doubles Keenan because he's just such a tactician and he'll just break ankles all over the place. So that's where a lot of the doubles went, was to the other side of Mike Williams. I think the Colts, I mean, the Chiefs, we got to wait and see what happens with Tyreek Hill. We'll see how that all plays out. But I think they'll be slightly diminished from the powerhouse they were last year the Patriots always loom everybody's kissed the Browns into the title game it seems like I got my I'm, I'm jumping to it here we're not it's not even we're not even what do we close, got we're not close to Memorial Day I got the Colts and Chargers playing in your AFC title game I mean they were both in the final four I thought I thought that was going to be the the AFC championship game last year and what happened uh Colts got kicked around by the Chiefs pretty darn good Andrew Luck had his worst game of the season and obviously we know how things char- started for the Chargers, 28-7 to um, in New England, where they just dumped it to James White, and they could not adjust. And granted, a lot of that was depleted was ranks. You bizarre. know, you had you had no linebackers. But uh, still a bizarre game. It really so. was. Uh, they finally made their adjustments at half and, you know, were able to slow them down a little bit. You don't know how much of that was, you know, by design, and they weren't going after them as hard and just playing the clock a little bit more. But... Um, yeah, I mean, look, they like you. I don't think it's outrageous. Like I said, they were both in the divisional round. They each won a playoff game last year. So to say they take the next step, um, sure, why not? Money. Who is uh, spaghetti? You love Nashville, right? I did. Um, oh, but I, no, he had the lift well, we in his voice. We got a butt. Well, the, the the butt is that we went to Austin. I think Austin's better. Oh, I think Austin's a better city. Where does Nashville ring for Love you it. among the one football of my, yeah, one of my uh, favorites. cities? I'll be going there again this year. It's been my, it'll be my first time in a while. I have not been to, to Nashville since way back in my uh, record business days. I only went to Memphis during my play-by-play gig to call a Memphis State Gonzaga game, as a matter of fact, mm. in Memphis. But, um, yeah, it's been a while. I love it. Um, like I said, it's been a... It's been a bit, but love Broadway. Just kind of love the vibe there. Love the history of country music. Obviously, where the Grand Old Opry is. I love old country. Um, some of my favorite stuff. I hate new country. Despise it. Well, I wish it would die in a Sean fire. Sean Evans had a lot of range with that. I said, Johnny Cash or Shania Twain, which are you more of? And he said, oh, that's a tough call. <laughs> I said, is a human being capable really of not. that? Can you? Is that, <laughs> really not. Is that a thing that you can like both of those? Are you allowed no, to really not. that guy? Not a tough call. Uh, listen to some Willie, listen to some Waylon, listen to, uh, like you said, listen to some, some good old Johnny Cash. 
And, um, and uh, yeah, I love it. Love I like the – I finally had some hot chicken. Mm-hmm. I Someday I'm going to put together my full rankings of all the region – of the the food. The specialties. Associated, as I've said many times before, you'd be hard-pressed to ever beat uh, Cincinnati chili as the worst. It's the worst. There's I nothing get, worse. I don't get why Skyline I don't care if it's Gold a, Star or Skyline. They're both garbage. What is – I don't understand the, the soupy – what are you saying? You put it on the noodles. No, I, I wrote it down to make sure that we get to that food regional uh, list. Oh, you did write it down. Season. I didn't yeah. know. That's yeah, what's yeah. so funny about no, it is – I, I want to do it. After yeah. I did it the first time, they were like, no, you don't understand. It's not like chili. You don't need it in a bowl. You put it on noodles. I was like, oh, okay. And the well, cheese isn't like on, melted Put it or on anything. the noodles then. And I ate it and I was like, this is terrible. I just I don't get it. It looks like something if you opened a can of chili in your home and heated it up in the microwave and then sprinkled some cheese out of the, out of the cheese bin or something like it's like, that's it. This is your city spec. I've never had toasted ravioli. It's pretty good. Is it? It's pretty good. It doesn't sound that good. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I'll, I'll I don't like St. Louis and I'll I'll give them that. Toasted ravioli. All right, we'll do our full rank. Let's should, not jump into yeah. this. Is too important. To What's Pittsburgh, though? by the way? Oh, Pittsburgh's got So it would be that particular sandwich, that Permanthes sandwich. They call that Pittsburgh style. Okay. That with the fries. With the fries in it. Gotcha. And everything. I, I had one of those in uh, Indianapolis, actually. There's a Permanthes Brothers. Yeah, there. there's a Permanthes there, exactly. It was good. I loved it. I, when I was out there for that Sunday nighter. So how about this? The Steelers are up 16 in the second half, right? Never in the history of the city. Not just Heinz Field, but in the history of the city. It's the only time it ever happened, huh? Did a uh, team oh. overcome a 16 point deficit. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was there for that. I went to Permanente Brothers before that. I love, I love, I love. By the way, the, the the pivotal play of that game, as you'll recall, was with a minute and a half left in the third. Joe Hayden has the interception in the end zone. And gets and destroyed Sean by his own Davis man. Inexplicably <laughs> trucks him, and the ball flies out, and Keenan Allen catches Touchdown. it. And uh, we, when Joe Hayden sat where you're sitting about a month ago, his response was, "He didn't. You know, I, I asked. He did not mean any harm by that." <laughs> Oh, he didn't. You mean he didn't do it intentionally? <laughs> he didn't mean any harm by that. <laughs> so you're lucky I wasn't here. Oh, oh, yes, he did, Joe. I saw well, it on the replay. He caused harm. I saw it on the replay. He definitely hit you with intent. Anyway, please proceed. I'm sorry. I don't remember. Oh, I said I had that Permani Brothers oh, sandwich yeah. that day, and it's delicious. It's a oh, delicious yeah. sandwich. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They oh. got cheesesteaks, fish tacos, I guess, would be – what would be L.A.? Burrito? That's a t- taco, maybe. Uh, well, I don't taco know. I mean, it, we, it is the home of the French dip if you go to Philippe's. I mean, uh, it was invented here, ooh. and it's a delicious sandwich. What's that New double York? dip. Wieners? Nah, pizza? pizza? Probably a slice. Pizza or bagels, maybe. And so Deli then what happens sandwich. when you get to Chicago? Do you do a hot dog or do you do deep dish? I think deep dish, right? You can't do your region. You They're the only your, ones that have the deep dish. So you I can't guess you do your go. local jive either, spaghetti of like, I know, but real New Yorkers know about No, what's what's perceived to be? Right. I think it's just pizza. I would, I'd be fine with that. Because I would I'd put, be fine if you, both, if you did pizza for both Chicago and New York. Let's do I, that the next time because Handsome is well-traveled too. Let's do with let's have Handsome here. And actually, let's do it as a food block. Yeah. Let's get one of our esteemed food blockers here, whether it's Jeff Schwartz, Ross Tucker, sure. Or um, or Sean O'Hare, or maybe a gaggle. Ross and myself had a lot of uh, the Nashville brisket uh, that day. Oh, the one day when that's we where it gets good tricky, barbecue. Though, but really the bar- good. The, the barbecue is going to be interesting because all the South. It's like you have, we have to distinguish like which states get which barbecue type because they all kind of share just barbecue uh, overall. I don't know. To me, it's brisket. You know, you just you pit your brisket against their brisket and let's go. It's just like okay, pizza. We can do that. Hey, let's take Chicago's best against New York's best. Come I'm on. Let's go. Bring it. KC barbecue. We have to figure out yeah, the full saying, list yeah. and then we, we shall uh, attack. I will say my number one overall will not be beat is the Austin brisket. The barbecue in Texas was. All right, you're talking, but if we keep it to football America, if we keep right. it right, Austin is not part of this. Football America, Austin is out. Oh, it's football. This is the <laughs> we're not eating it actually. Football program. We understand that we're not going to have a buffet of all these options anyway. For just hashing it out right. here. Noted. Yeah, spaghetti, one half of the thick cast. Right. Uh, he's disappointed. Oh yeah. What? Uh, I, in fact, I'll just turn it over to you and your. Uh, your partner there, handsome Hank. Maybe you guys can just steer that whole conversation. Money and I'll just be around. Sure. To listen to you two fats talk about things. Um, all right, fats. now let's talk about Game of Thrones a little bit, shall we? What did you think, Matt Money Smith, of the most hyped? Is that the most hyped since uh, Jr. got shot on Dallas? Is that more hyped than the maybe Seinfeld of- finale? Okay, yeah, that would be up there. Um, how did it? How did it hit your? Uh, your I enjoyed soul? it. Did you? I did. I enjoyed it. I. Um... There were a couple moments that that I thought the Arya fight scenes were awesome. 
Uh, I really dug them. I I was cracking up. What's the little girl's name? The annoying little girl who, who ran the uh, the you know her own little kingdom thing. Liana yeah. Mormont. Yeah. <laughs> there was something about her getting picked up by that giant and just going, meh, the and stabbing thing. it in the eye, and all of a sudden it collapses. That was kind of funny to me and, and awkward. Uh, the dragon scenes were not great uh, as far as I was concerned, but whatever. I mean, I was I was on the edge of my seat. It was the intense. First, the first 15 minutes. It was, it was great. Spellbinding. Yes, I'm with you. If you've ever been in the snow, if you've ever lived anywhere where it gets wintry, at night, that stillness was was great, and when they're all lined up in the the imminent doom and all that kind of stuff, and you can't see them, but you know they're into see the, the flaming swords, there. and then they're gone, and you're like, Ibbly. well, then it was so creepy when the witch comes riding out. What gives? What malintent does she have? None, in fact, she wants to light those things up. That was great, and the the visual of them riding off into into darkness and then watching them extinguish quickly was uh, was ominous and scary and everything else. Yeah, the, Why weren't they out torture? I, I know everybody, everybody's point. What were Jon Snow and Danny doing up on Mount Pius there? Get on your dragons and go torch them dead that's things. That's what I couldn't figure out either. Well, it, he, I mean, I go that the clouds came in and they couldn't see sure. and they're bonking into one another and they're trying to find the Night King to, to roast him up and right. that's kind of their goal. Forget the zombies. We got you killed them. They knew you killed the Night King, you kill them all. Exactly. So that's kind of what their, their mission was. Uh, I didn't like the whole and it was just like we saw that in World War Z, you know, in that in that film where the zombies are all piling on each other I'm to climb so that wall, you. and I was like, no, I've no, I've seen this. Like, I this declared is- it's the zombies are done. We now need a generation yeah. of space from zombies. No, you, if you are a movie or TV maker, leave the zombies out for for like. Eight to twelve years. We can't come back to them. It's it's been done now. We've seen every variation of the undead and how scary they are, and it's over with now. I'm right? with you. Uh, it just it was so similar to that to that iconic scene in that not iconic film. Other complaints. I will uh, I will say that while it started, this is it always gets bogged down. And uh, by the way, new uh, Adam Carolla noise on uh, on the Adam Carolla show with on Good Sports. We talk about these tropes that you see in movies all the time, and it always bogs down when you bring in the supernatural. How then do you keep it consistent? These people they start out they are basically as you describe sort of a, a human tidal wave or a uh, formerly human tidal wave just washing over waves and waves of the good guys. And then at some point, once they get up over the wall, it's like, well, no, you know, they're going to kill everybody. There's no stopping them. They're just a they're already sport. dead. Then, then Jamie, Brienne, Fat Samwell, and uh, and who and and Tormund, the four of them, for an hour of the battle, for an hour, like in the exact same spots, respectively. And they're like surrounded by a dozen or so of these uh, undead, and they're just like still fighting them. Like, what get? Where are they? Are they unstoppable, or did they get tired? I, th- I think what they're going for is that. Well, one because these these whites, they're not exactly zombies. They're whites. They do use weapons to fight, and they're trying to show that that besides Sam, those are all elite fighters. They're the best of the best. In, in all the right, it went world. on for too long. They weren't Granted. out there actively doing. It. They just were staying at home, waiting sure. for them to come at them. And, and is Sam, what, what's Sam? I thought he was a, a wimpus, and yeah. now he was laying He's a librarian. He was laying on the undead with his two little knives for like an hour, just like fending them off, weeping. You know, what, what are these? They all have bigger. Are these the all-time marauders, or are they uh, are they mannequins that Samwell could just push over at a whim? There's still four-ish hours of, of show left they're going to have big plot points coming up that's why they kept them alive there's reasons why they're still there there's going to be something coming to a, a head with Jamie and, and Brienne I think Sam's going to be in a position of power at w- when it's all said and done so there's a reason why these guys are still alive that's right. my take on that I'm just telling you what the episode how I felt I guess about my... the episode and the whole thing about the winter is coming so we for for a decade of my life I'm just worried I'm going to get lost again and I mean lost is in the TV show. I better not get lost it again because I devoted way too much of my life to watching Lost, lost yeah. to get that rubbish ending. And I'm not going to stand for it this time around. You're going to get a rubbish ending. I better not get one. It's, I, it's inevitable that you're going to get a rubbish ending. It's, well, all it's I tell hard you to end about the is show. winter, winter, winter. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. It came. It blew in. And then uh, then uh, the dumb Night King stands over Bran, who, who doesn't even have his eyeballs in, 
and he, he hovers over him for for an eternity, and then Arya Stark swoops in from nowhere. No one got in his way. Yeah, what, like, where, where not only does doing? she sneak by all the stormtroopers, but the Emperor's guard as well, like unnoticed. She can't move in the library, right? She can't move an inch, or else they're going to be able to descend upon her and rip exactly. her to shreds. Right. Yet here's your elite fighting force. That's that's behind you, Night King, and you can't. And he's hear got her those other guys. And, they all, all other than the Night King, all the bosses. That's what I mean. The undead are the White Walkers. They all have the, their long hair, their long white hair. They not one of them lifted a finger the whole fight because she they was, just hung around. She became one of them. She was a faceless man, and that's, that's right. What, she was that's the Melisandre's she is the point. most elite of all the fighters in Game of Thrones. Nobody tops Arya. She well, why is the didn't best we see best. that? I would have liked to have if that's seen her maneuver and how she if got. If they would have shown you. her putting the the face on, is that what you're saying, Spaghetti? That's you what, think that's what Melisandre told her when she said the brown eyes, green eyes, blue eyes thing? The blue eyes are meant for the White Walker. She she realizes she goes, oh yeah, I'm trained in this, and I and then she became one of the White Walkers. Why didn't we see that? Why did we have to? Oh, see I didn't think that meant she was going to become one of them. I thought it meant she was going to kill one of them. She said, you will close those with brown eyes, green eyes, and blue eyes. You will close those eyes forever, meaning you're going to be the one that kills the Yeah, and there's king. a scene that people are hinting at. Like, there's like a, like when the wind blows, you see like one of the White Walkers like turn and look or something like that, and that, that's like indicating that she oh, ended wind. up coming right over in the, that circle by the weirwood tree, and she became one of them. I'm fine with that. She, I mean, she had to wear it for like five seasons. Just wear it. I mean, freaking wear it. So I liked good for her, her. I liked her championship, and I think that's what uh, what she gets. She gets MVP of the, right. of the big fight, obviously. But I, I, and by the way, that move when she drops the knife mm. and then in one fell swoop chops you, which she did before. She it was an episode exactly right. earlier. She trained with Brienne. Uh, they were outside battling, and Brienne's one of the best warriors in the whole show. And Arya made quick work of her with that move. With so, that move, yeah. yeah. All right. I don't know. And I also don't care for, I don't know if you call it humanizing or whatever, adding a sense of humor to the Night King. What's he grinning the for? Smir- yeah, the smirk. I didn't need the smirk. You're, you're a relentless, soulless machine. Don't be grinning and everything. And I was just kind of stuck on, is it hair? Is that like an ice crown? Yeah. Is it like his head? And he's kind of like part reptile. Like, what? what is that was on the man. top? Because it, it almost looked like kind of like Dan Helly hair. You know, it was like that very carefully... Uh, positioned, messed up look, you know. But you know, it's not just messed up. There's, you know, it's congruous. Are you saying the Night King is metrosexual? I'm just saying I didn't know what it was. Like no, it was kind of right. like, is it a nice crown? Is that just his head? Yeah. You know, and like, you know, my radio partner Petros brought up a great point. He's like, does he have junk? You know, because he's wearing pants. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem like he doesn't, you know, and then I weighed in. I said, well, he doesn't have to procreate. He just raises the dead. Those are his children. So I don't know. Does he got anything down there? He was a guy. He was a Stark. Years and years. He, he was, was cre- a Stark. Yeah, he was created by the children of the forest. So he's just like a magic Stark, basically. Seems like if we're willing to accept any of this, we have to accept it all. It's uh, it's not a period piece, my man. It is not the medieval times. Gray Joy just throws himself away. That's what he did. He, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. That was brand, a brand. Well, eyes rolled back. I don't understand what Brand's doing the whole time either. Just I don't know what he's up. It's going to be important. Don't tell me to just wait. It's Why are you happen. the great defender of George R. R. I Martin all have the time? To go now. Great acting, Brand. <laughs> it's like that. I You're understand. a good man, Bran. You're a good man. And then I'm going to sit here while uh, in my chair while all of you guys do the fighting. I don't understand what that was about. Well, he suckered him in. He's the guy. Brand he can see that. the future, yeah. right? He knew Arya was going to come and kill the guy, and he was going to sucker him in. Oh, he did. Yes. Yeah. He knew Theon was going to – that's why he said you're a good man. He knew he was going to sacrifice himself. All right. That was all I quiet. don't know how it all winds up. I can I ask just, one more question that we were working through yesterday together? Because we're not – I mean, you're an expert, Eddie. At least I think you are. People on Twitter don't seem to think you are, but no, I do. I'm getting slammed. The, uh, so we know that, that Theon, nothing. No. But now Varys and Grey Worm, they got half of it, and they don't have the other half, or are they missing it all too? Varys is a thing. What do you mean all, the other? Just half? a eunuch? Is yeah, he just oh, a, eunuch, a eunuch, or yeah. is it all gone? Because remember, Theon, it's all gone. It was yeah. all sent back in that box to his sister or something like right, that. Right. So, but but Grey Worm and and Varys, they're just they're just eunuchs, right? I, I if they were or part is Grey Worm all America, gone? If they were part of Football America, and we were talking about the the towns different foods wieners would definitely exactly that's what i'm wondering or, or winterfell submission that, or the iron island 
I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's a scene where Tyrion makes fun of it's him. It's a plague in Westeron. For it all being gone. I'm pretty sure Tyrion does. Either the books or in, or in the show. That's what I'm not sure of. I'm pretty sure. In earlier scene, I think he makes fun of him. I can't help but think about it every time they come on the screen. That's why. i just like, well. He's the guy, too. Is it the What is it? Hey. Right, I don't know. Uh, it's it's very distracting. Who, I think he's going to be a player in the last three episodes as well. Varys. Who? Varys, because he has oh, yeah. this season. So I love that guy. I, I think there's a lot left to get to worry about. I was sad crazy. to see Barrico. He has, Sir, as we said before. He Who's that? Flaming Sword. Flaming oh, I love sword that dude. Guy. Yeah, you knew he was going because no yeah, major yeah. characters went. It was just like all those secondary characters. I floated that out. I said, "Let's pick the five people who are going to survive." Because I thought it was going to be much more of a bloodbath, and it. it's it's got a little bit of a weird hint to it now. Of all of a sudden, like, oh, you, oh my God, they just chopped off Ned Stark's head and all those sorts of incidents. Wait, they just took the wiener of Theon Greyjoy right there. Now Rob everybody Stark, who's the worth, mom, all dead. But now everybody survives. I don't like it. Now we got to see. So we, we, I mean. I don't mean to be a jerk or whatever. If it gives you pleasure, or whatever. But you know, Brienne and Tormund. Okay, great. Now they're now they're in love. But it would have been better if one of them had turned into a White Walker, and then they had to kill the other one. You know, now they're in love. Now Tormund, Tormund has to kill Brienne as a White Walker. Now that would have been juicy. They should have killed uh, Daenerys. That's who should have died. I was sure she was dead. I right. thought that was it, and they were. That would have been the great thing. wrinkle. I think so too. To that, that, they should have killed somebody. That would have been the great wrinkle. But uh, they have to set up for the John versus Danny feud, which is going to happen soon. So as Big Cat pointed out as well, the one thing that's good about it is at least now we're done with the supernatural, right? We can it, get it back always, to dudes was, fighting dudes. It was always a subplot. It never was the main story. People like to think that it never was. It, people like to think that the whole, the, all, all the promotion was winter's coming. Know, all this and that. The, they, the, 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 the bad dragon burned the wall down. What are you talking about? It's still a subplot. They're not. There's no Night King in the book. He's dead. The, the bad dragon is dead now. Yes. And the two are still alive. Yeah, they showed it. In the oh, movie. I thought one of them was killed. They're both in the preview. They both live. I think Johns flew away and Danny just came back. Who was just injured. They both well, if injured. that's the case, and then now it's anticlimactic. If they're both alive and and good fighters still, now I hope Jon Snow learned enough from the battle that he could say like, well, okay, now I realize we shouldn't have sent away the uh, the Dothraki and let them all die while we had these two fire breathing dragons here that could have erased all the undead. But now can't they just go get Cersei? Who cares about You'd the mountain? Think, we have two dragons. It's not going to happen like that. Don't forget, Bronn's coming up north with the crossbow. He might take out a dragon. John and Danny might fight before they get to Cersei. They're still in Winterfell. They oh, that's right. They got, that big, they got that big spear thing. So you never, oh, yeah. there's, there's a lot that's going to go on. Like I said, there's still a four-ish yeah. hours of You're not smart because you say things are going to happen. That's not a that's not a, a an observation. I'm, my point is that I'm you not going to listen to you, you brag. I told you things were going to happen. Yeah, you I guess things would happen. Yet. No one does. I don't either. But I'm saying like I, I'm not going to harshly judges episode until it's all done. And I think it, it I was just thought fun. it was I thought it was great. It's just like I say. It was like, all right, these things that you always get to that, whether it's the Avengers movies or the Justice League or anything else. When you introduce these supernatural kind of forces, like at some point they have to regress in terms of fighting or else your heroes wouldn't be able to defeat them all. And that's what happened in this one. At some point Jamie Lannister took up a spot against a wall and did not move from that wall for an hour of the fight. And you just kept thinking like, well eventually he's gonna have to die right nope no he's fine with his with his opposite hand and somebody else made a good point and then we'll finish it why not instead of that instead of the gold hand why not like a a hook like captain hook or something a weapon you know a saw hand doesn't move or like especially if it's like a fist yeah something like right like an axe on the other hand like see it's the sword in the one hand and then like an axe in the now you're cooking with gas at least they should have like you know duct tape some dragon glass onto it or something. Yeah, right. You know, instead it's just a waste. I'm with you. By the way, you didn't get, not enough people got burned by the fact that the undead had holes all in their bodies and like you go to get them like, oh, my sword went right through, you know, because you're, because you're decomposed. Right. All you are is just, you're literally just bones, you know, and like my, my sword can't kill you. I don't know. I, 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 I've, I give it a mixed review. I give it a mixed review overall. Out of uh, seven kingdoms, I give it four and a half. Hmm. Sounds about right. It was fine. It was fine. Let's see how it winds up. But spaghetti, I don't know if you heard money. Spaghetti assures us there are things that are still going to happen. Yeah, we know. So that's why they couldn't die. I'm just saying that, yeah. Because things are going to happen. That's what you can't. If you wipe them out all in episode three, it's like then what are four, five, and six? You have to you know, keep leading the I just what I can't, What I'm not going to be able to stomach is in just like in Lord of the Rings. Everybody ends up living. 
Or almost everybody. We can't have it. That's not going to happen. We can't have it. This Danny or Snow, they have to kill each other. And if it like, does, you if know, it... the mountain and the hound, everybody knows that one's coming. Okay, that one's going to happen. But, like, Arya is going to have to be put in a tough spot and, like, kill the hound or something. I, I'm just afraid that they make it to for TV and they do let some characters live. Because I, I do think the books will be vastly different from how the show ends now. All right, let's wrap it up. A uh, John plus Rob Stark would be the best army ever. Rob outsmarted the Lannisters. On another note, I miss Rob. <laughs> that was a sad. That was my favorite one, at Edward L. Murphy. <laughs> On another note, I miss Rob. <laughs> I'm going to need a moment here. He's been gone for five seasons. Do I miss Rob I Stark? Miss yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Is stuff going to happen coming up? Yes, it is. Am I sad about the Night King? No, I am not. Something's going to happen. They couldn't kill him who because you, they're going to be part of it. Who do you like less, the Night King or Daniel Jones, Spaghetti? Ooh, good one. Or Gettleman? No, I, oh, Gettleman. That's an easy. That's easy. The minute you said <laughs> that his was name. quick. Yeah. All right. Good All right. times, Matt Money Smith. A pleasure to see you once again. You too, Eddie Spaghetti. Good times in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Great thanks to you and to Ryan Bartlett and everybody else who helped out so much uh, with uh, getting it all together. For you, hope you checked it out. You can still go back and look at all the good times with all those first-round fancy pants. NFL.com slash DDFP is how you do that. Until next time, sometime later this week, as a matter of fact, mm. it's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.